With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Carthago Delenda Est. Hello and welcome to Everything's Political. I'm your host, Taya Shoemake. You can find us online at everythingspolitical.org. The email address for the show is podcast at everythingspolitical.org. Shout out to Magic Man Joe Strecker, the Sean Connery of Podcast Producers. I must be dreaming. Okay, lots of great news for this show. We've got Florida, who, Joe, I'm, I'm, you know, we don't lionize anybody on the show, meaning politicians, right? They're fallen just like everybody else. But I'll tell you, all Florida does is win. Win, win. What is that song, Joe? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. <laughs> so it's DeSantis. He's the guy from They Live. Coming in to chew bubblegum and kick some booty. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> Good Lord. So let's start with Florida. I'm going to make a, a grammatical change here with a noun that is Disney, right? It's a proper noun. I'm going to turn that into a verb, Joe, officially on this show. Because I think we the people and other governors who hopefully will pull their heads out of their bums will start to Disney these woke corporations who are doing nothing but peddling for the left. They can't win at the ballot box, hoping that judges are coming around. You know, we had the the mask mandate struck down not long ago. Actually, uh, we did a whole podcast on the judge in Pennsylvania who completely struck down all the lockdowns, all the measures. And I'll have to go back and find that, Joe, and re-listen. So they can't win at the ballot box. The judiciary is, you know, iffy at this point. So they have to get the corporations to do their bidding. How ironic is that, Joe? That, you know, the big bad corporations that they ostensibly hate are now the ones with whom they partner. And the left, or I should say the progressives, because they're on both sides of the aisle, they are melting down over this getting Disneyed. (laughs) over Florida revoking this special privilege that Disney has enjoyed since 1967. And make no mistake, it's, yes, it's about the grooming, but it's also about special privileges. No other company anywhere, to my knowledge, enjoys what Disney has enjoyed since 1967. And we're going to go through it a little bit. And I will say this, Jenna Ellis, Joe, the... Lawyer who was ostensibly against the voter fraud 
early on in 2020, she's come out saying she wants to defend Disney because government shouldn't tell businesses what to do. Okay, she's either not as bright as we suspected that she was, or she's corrupt. That is, that's not an either or fallacy. Those are the only two options. So don't get frustrated. When ignorance or corruption reveals itself, we celebrate that because it, it just dictates how we move forward. I should say informs how we move forward. Okay, so I wanna go through this a little bit. The, the 1967 in Florida, 1967 Reedy Creek Improvement Act. And it created the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And what it did was it gave a special taxing district to Disney for over 25,000 acres. And this district acts or has been able to privilege to act with the same authority and responsibility as a county government. Okay, they can levy taxes, they can write their own building codes, they can create their own generation. I think I heard Ron DeSantis say they can create a nuclear power plant in Florida and they have no one to stop them. They can build any kind of structure. Now, for a company that is quite open about its grooming desires, I have a problem with that. They have their own police and fire, which on the surface sounds reasonable. But let me ask you this. If they're acting as their own county and they catch groomers grooming or worse, in their special tax district, do they not fall to the laws of the state of Florida? I need to see the details on that. Because again, Disney's made it no secret that they have no problem grooming or worse our children. So if the police and or fire units in this special Reedy Creek taxing district come across shady stuff, are they bound to report it? Are they bound to turn over the culprits or offenders or groomers to Florida State Police? We need to know a little bit more about this because it's creepy. They can levy income taxes. They don't have to appeal to any outside board for zoning requirements. They have their own airport. And this entire district is run by a five-member board of supervisors. And I don't believe they're democratically elected. They have to buy in, if I understood the details correctly. Or they're given, they're given a certain amount of acreage so that they can claim ownership so that they can govern. So since this thing is repealed now, both the House and Senate have voted on it. They have to submit to building inspections, planning and zoning controls, pay impact fees to offset the cost of the public services outside of their little special district and other taxes to fund those services. I think at the end of the day, their special tax district saved them $600 million a year. That would otherwise go to the taxpayers. So that's a pretty special privilege. Their operating budget is $169 million and Oh, shoot. I don't have my revenue here, but I can guarantee you it's a lot more than that, given the price of entrance, not to mention all their stores and merchandising, etc. So why are the political progressives melting down over the fact 
that the big corporation has to pay its fair share. Isn't that equitable, Joe? Aren't we about equity? That's not a very fair playing ground. Universal's not very far from Disney. Do they get special privileges? Are they on that property? How does that little deal work? So it's a very good, strong argument, in my opinion, that, hey, we're going to level the playing field. Isn't that what the left wants? Isn't that what progressives want? And yet they're melting down. I think that's hysterical. That the commies are cheering on big corporation so that they can remain doing whatever they do within their own little private structure. You know, we had that situation here in Claremont County. And it was regarding a grocery store. So we have like four or five grocery stores within a three-mile radius. One of the grocery stores decided to move out because the revenue they were bringing in just wasn't, wasn't cutting it. Okay? So our township trustees, who were terrible, enticed another local grocery store to move into that space, gave them special privileges, made deals that if they rented out other space around them, they would be subject to more privileges. And it's not that I didn't like this grocery store, but I opposed that measure because what did the trustees do to keep the previous grocery store in business? Did they give them special privileges? The answer is no. Were they going to give the other three or four grocery stores around the area the same special privileges as they gave this other one? The answer is no. So ridiculous. And within a year, they were already laying off people because you're in a saturated market. It's a specialty store, but the idea is you come in for the special items and you pay more for the basic items that aren't as expensive at the others, at uh, the other grocery stores surrounding you, right? I get that, but still, you're in a saturated market. If you're within a three-mile radius of the specialty item store, grocery store, I've got absolutely no problem running in there, getting my special item, and then driving a mile to another one to pay less for the other items. I mean, that's just 101. So I totally get this move by the legislature. I am still a bit shocked, Joe. I'll tell you, it's this was where the rubber met the road, and I, I suspect that Disney has bullied the Florida legislature for decades. And I think they've just had enough because Disney could just start writing off checks. They could write $5 million checks to these legislators to buy their votes against repealing this measure, their, ta their special tax district. Now, I would argue it doesn't matter if the politicians understand that their base will vote them out, right? What does it matter? I mean, this was something. This was a huge win. And I give the Florida legislature credit for doing their job, and I give DeSantis credit for doing his job. He's supporting and the parents against a hostile takeover from a California company tried to spread their woke ideology on the rest of Florida. No. Well, I feel sheepish. So, also in Florida, got a piece from Breitbart here, Florida releases examples of the problematic 
elements in their textbooks. So they rejected a boatload of textbooks that were handed down by the Florida Department of Education. And DeSantis and his group were like, uh, yeah, these, these still have the seeds of Common Core, which sowed the seeds of CRT and social emotional learning. Actually, social emotional learning was in the fine and not so fine print all over Race to the Top. SEL, you saw it everywhere. Pull up the old documents and do a search for SEL or the entire term social emotional learning. So it says here, the Florida Department of Education shared a handful of examples because people were protesting. The liberals were protesting because they couldn't push their agenda via the textbooks. So they shared a handful of examples showcasing problematic elements of recently reviewed textbook materials for students some of which provide a chart measuring quote unquote racial prejudice, which suggests that conservatives are more prejudiced than liberals. The Sunshine State made waves this week after rejecting 41% of submitted math textbooks for students due to the inclusion of common core, critical race theory, and social emotional learning. These examples do not represent an exhaustive list of input received by the department, they said in a disclaimer, making it clear that it is continuing to give publishers a chance to, quote, remediate all deficiencies identified during the review to ensure the broadest selection of high quality instructional materials are available to the school districts and Florida students. Okay, so just at the 30,000 foot view, let's just consider the fact that every state in 2016, by 2016, ostensibly had removed Common Core, which by the way, again, seeded CRT via social emotional learning. And we knew that was not true. All they did was rename it. Ohio renamed it, Indiana renamed it, because the legislatures were lazy and most of them were bought and paid for by the cronies whether it was the book publishers, whether it was uh, the organization Jeb Bush was shoving down everybody's throat and sending legislators down to his, uh, his place in Florida, buying them off, essentially. And some of their defense, people weren't on to Jeb Bush back then. Okay, they thought he was legit. He is not. No one, no Bush is legit. Okay, so Common Core is still around, folks or we wouldn't have CRT and S, uh, social emotional learning would not be as rampant as it is. And all that does is turn our kids at a very young age into emotional freakazoids. They strip them of any identity and they fill their heads with my country bad, my race bad, myself bad, and then turns them into little revolutionaries. That's what we saw in the summer of 2020, burning down buildings, murdering and raping people. Okay, the piece continues. One of the examples provided shows CRT in a math textbook. Math? Joe, how is math racist? Do you remember we did a whole show on that as well? The guy from, oh shoot, where was he? He was from one of the Ivy Leagues who said he couldn't take it any longer. Math is not racist. 
two plus two equals four is not racist. How do they make it racist? They say, well, it's unreasonable for people to force others to come up with four. Okay, that's, <laughs> do you see, do you remember, Joe, the, the video of the teacher who is trying to explain to a school board that three times four could equal 11 if the student could reason it through? Do you see how that's all connected? So three times four could be 11. And it's racist for us to tell a student not to. And it would be 10 times racist if we told them to work on their math facts to get the right answer. So race, CRT, it's all embedded in the curricula and the ideology behind it. So it goes on with the example. In an application exercise, students are presented with a bar graph based on the implicit association test, which supposedly measures levels of racial prejudice. Another bar graph uses this test to measure racial prejudice based on party identification. And ultimately, it suggests that conservatives are more racially prejudiced than members of the far left. I would contend that the far left is the epitome of racism because they think either implicitly or explicitly that you can eradicate it by institutionalizing it. That's what the left does. Some of them know exactly what institutionalizing racism will do. And by that, I mean creating special laws or um, ruling in a court case if you're a, a, an activist progressive judge to institutionalize or make laws based on race. That's ridiculous. We have equality under the law and Lady Justice is supposed to be blind. She's not anymore. Obviously, Joe, because we have people that murder cops out on bail and grandma and grandpa who went to a rally in D.C. are still stuck in prison cells without due process. So don't don't even bring your bullcrap to me about unequal laws. We do have them. We're, it's just reversed in the way that they purport. So another screenshot, the article says, shows a section on adding and subtracting polynomials, where it yet again references the implicit association test with political identification. Another snippet shows a section dubbed social and emotional learning with the goal of students building proficiency with social awareness as they practice with empathizing with classmates. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has defended his administration's moves, making it clear that there is no need for things like social and emotional learning and some of the other things that are more political in textbooks, adding that it doesn't meet the state standards. And there you have it. We told our legislature for four years, Ohio 
has the autonomy to create its own standards. Because most of the legislatures who had already been bought and paid for said, well, gee, we might have to give the money back. Oh, really? How about we become so self-sufficient in Ohio that we don't need a federal tax dollar? You don't have to spread eagle for a, a, a tax dollar. And that's what all but very, very few, and I mean one hand, not all the digits counted, do for a federal dollar. Number one. Number two, go ahead and let the feds try to take back the money from swing state Ohio. Let's see how that works in the next election. I don't care about the law, the unconstitutional law, because the entire Department of Education is unconstitutional, that says if you take the money, you have to bite the carrot. You have to do everything they say. At which point, they should become Gandalf on the bridge at Khazad-dûm. really hard not to add a two-word explicative after that joke, but I'm going to refrain because my mom is listening. (laughs) So Florida just keeps becoming more autonomous, and I love it. He ends here, if a book does, uh, DeSantis does in this piece, if a book does the Common Core math, then that would obviously be inconsistent with the standards. When you do social emotional learning, CRT, things like that into a math program, it just simply violates the standards. And I think what parents in Florida want to know is, can I send my kid to be educated or am I basically sending them to get indoctrinated with whatever some of these people in the education establishment from up on high do? Boom. Thank you, Governor. Still waiting for other governors to follow suit. You know, sometimes it's the first guy on the dance floor that pulls everybody up off their chair. And sometimes it's a second guy. So I'm waiting for a second governor, Joe, to implement the Y chromosome. Trigger it. How can we trigger it? (laughs) It's just seemingly non-existent, except in Florida. Um, So they've got it going on. Disneying Disney, math textbooks. They've already led on the way of healthcare freedom. That brings me to a, a, a piece in the Epic Times. More good news. Some vaccine injured are getting better. So this is fantastic. Now we've said here that it is our prayer that people who took this shot it's not a vaccine. It's a shot. It's a it's mRNA gene therapy. We know that now. It's on Fauci's own website. In good faith or whether they were compelled to take it, which is criminal and should be rife with lawsuits, the more and more uh, documents that are released. Our prayer was that our the immune systems of most people will just take care of this scourge. And I think that's true for the most, for the most part. I'm, I'm praying that's the truth. I think that's why God gave us immune systems that are unreal. But there are other methods that 
are being researched and implemented that are really helping people. And this is fantastic news. So there was a piece in the Epic Times by Zachary Stiber. It starts, some people who experienced adverse reactions to the COVID-19 jabs, that's my word, they use vaccine, I won't use it, are recovering from their injuries after spending months working to find treatments. Dr. Dennis Hertz, who was diagnosed with an adverse reaction to Pfizer's jab, has had ups and downs since getting it in December of 2020. During one of the more recent stretches, she was constantly in horrible pain. That changed in February when she began infusions of immunoglobin or antibodies, a type of protein that helps protect the immune system. That's what my doctor recommended and it's really helped me, Hertz said, Hertz, a retired gastroenterologist who lives in California. I would say it's at least 50% improvement, maybe a little more than that. The drug is being covered by Medicare as Hertz recently turned 65. Hertz isn't the only person to have responded well to immunoglobin, which can be administered intravenously or subcutaneously. Brianne Dressen, who suffered severe neurological problems after getting AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine in November of 2020, was advised by an expert in Germany to try the drug. The expert also said two other treatments could work. Rituximab and monoclonal antibody, typically used to treat autoimmune diseases, or plasmapheresis, an elaborate process that involves removing blood from a patient, separating the plasma, and returning it to the same patient. Folks, wellness centers all over the country already do this. This is fantastic news. I don't know if you've heard the commercials, Joe, but there are places that will take blood from your arm or where, uh, mostly from your arm, uh, separate the plasma from your blood and then inject it into whether it's a sore joint or an injured joint, like your rotator cuff or something, and your body's own material helps heal that injury. We have a wellness center in Cincinnati that does it. And I know they're all over because I see them online. So regardless of what state you're in, this is huge news. And it's really inspiring. Now, AstraZeneca's jab is not approved here. We don't use it in America. We just have the, I believe the three that are still under emergency use. So the recommendations of that doctor eventually led to Dressen getting the IV immunoglobin at the U.S. National Institute of Health in June of 2021. That's Fauci's backyard. That's his, it's not his backyard, it's his house. So Dr. Avendra Nath, who is a senior investigator at the agency and part of the team that treated Dressen, told the Epic Times, IV immunoglobin and plasmapheresis are standard treatments for immune-mediated neurological diseases where an underlying immune process is suspected and acute in nature. And when you unpack that sentence, what it means is the jab, the AstraZeneca jab, undermined Dr. Dreesen's immune system. That's what it did to 
Eric Clapton and several other people in the UK where AstraZeneca is used. Okay, so that's really good. Now, some people are struggling to find that treatment. You know, the government put a stop to monoclonal antibodies and it looks like some of those elixirs of monoclonal antibodies may be uh, beneficial or advantageous. Again, we don't have long-term studies on anything, but certainly the IV immunoglobin and this other treatment are very encouraging. It's like a, it's like a, almost like a stem cell. So that's awesome. On the heels of that, Ohio has introduced, now I'm not, I'm not claiming that anyone, let me be very clear, in the Ohio legislature is actually educating themselves on this. They're trying to hang on and do what they need to do to get reelected. There may be a couple of exceptions, um, but for the most part, that's what the, that's what most of them are doing. Okay. There's a piece in the Columbus Dispatch that's set, uh, titled, Ohio Bill Would Protect and Promote Access to Ivermectin and Other Controversial COVID-19 Treatments. Now, let me say at the get-go, we should not need a law to have access to any drug discussed by our doctor and ourselves and or a family member for whom we are advocating or for whom we have power of attorney. Okay, so it's a little inconsistent to me that our legislature in Ohio couldn't pass HB 248, which would dictate to businesses, the, both the public and private sector, that they can't go Soviet on their citizens. Again, Gandalf on the bridge. You shall not pass! And the main reason for that is we can't tell businesses what to do. Really? Well, what are you doing here? I've read the draft of this bill. The devil is always in the details. So I'm going to read it, you know, in depth and uh, in association with the code, Ohio Revised Code, related to the sections of this bill. But it's inconsistent. So you can't pass 248, which from first principles is absolutely reasonable, if you're arguing from first principles. But you can promote this bill that deals with private healthcare decisions between a doctor and their patient. It's inconsistent. I should not need a law telling me this. And they're going to need to tell me why. Did Lord Farquaad DeWine put an executive order out about which we're unaware that says no ivermectin or no hydroxychloroquine? or monoclonal antibodies? Why do we need this law? Because I'm going to tell you we need HB 248 more than we need this law. Because at some point the lawsuits are going to obliterate these healthcare systems where people have gone to die. Okay, Titus Wu, Columbus Dispatch. An Ohio bill introduced late Thursday would protect and expand access to controversial drugs 
and treatments for COVID-19 patients, many of which are not approved by federal health authorities for treatment of the virus. Okay, that prepositional phrase matters because many of them are approved or they are claimed neutral by the FDA or whatever crony corrupt three-letter agency is supposed to regulate them. So this guy is being disingenuous at best. He's a corrupt crat at worst. They're not controversial, they work. I know that because I took them. House Bill 631 is sponsored by Representative Chris Jordan from Ostrander, Republican, with support from other state lawmakers who pushed for legislation banning vaccine mandates early in the pandemic. That would be Jennifer Gross. The other ones on the list did not support HB 248. We actually read the email from emails from a couple who didn't. Under Jordan's bill, as long as COVID-19 patient or a legal representative consents, and as long as the patient's healthcare professional also consents, one has the right to use drugs such as ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or any other therapy deemed appropriate by the physician. Why do we need a law telling us this? Is the federal government trying to push something on Ohio that we don't know about? I have natural rights. The ownership of my own health care is a natural right. And again, it's not that I'm going to necessarily disagree with things in this bill, but I don't want my health care wrapped up in the Ohio Revised Code. That's between my doctor and myself. Unintended consequences are always the bane of these types of oh, this will score brownie points with our people. Okay, so just be careful with the rah-rah speeches or the rah-rah, oh, he's one of us. Please, take it from me after 20-plus years. The couple of exceptions, yes, but the majority of the legislature, what they're worried about, three people. Me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and I. I. It's just me, myself, and I. Make no mistake about it. So we got to read these things thoroughly. Look for unattended consequences. The good news is pretty short. That's That usually means it's not too terribly invasive, but again, we'll see. Such treatments have been promoted by those skeptical of the COVID-19 jab, my word, as an alternative way to combat the disease because they work. Titus, you hack. These journalists don't deserve to be called journalists. While none, some, Non-jab treatments, such as monoclonal antibodies and antivirals, uh, the ones that are, by the way, I just read that were helping people who've had adverse reactions to the jab. That's exactly what he's talking about here. While they're medically accepted and even showcased by the Ohio Department of Health, 
Other met methods such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are not recommended or discouraged for COVID-19 use by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. That's not true. Look it up, woo. Ivermectin is an antiparasitic drug that could be used against malaria. YHCQ is used to treat autoimmune diseases. Yes, and let's add there, non-journalist, that they've been used for decades, safely, in different amounts, from infants to old people. And they have, without a doubt, saved thousands from death from COVID-19. And that he fails to put that in there is just, that just showcases that he's a hack. He's not a journalist. None of these people are. Supporters of those methods have expressed frustration with not being able to gain access, he continues. Medical boards in multiple other states have cracked down on doctors prescribing those treatments. Yes, and they should be sued into oblivion. In Southwest Ohio, a patient's family sued Westchester Hospital to try to force the facility to provide ivermectin. We do not believe that hospitals or clinicians should be ordered to administer medications or therapies, especially unproven medications or therapies, against medical advice. Whose advice, Jack? Do your homework. These hospital boards and these doctors who don't deserve the name, who don't deserve their salaries, they've not done one lick of research. They've not gone down one rabbit hole except what the writers of the narrative tell them. They're not critical thinkers. They do not have your care as their number one priority. If they did, they would be all hands on deck. Whatever works, let us try it. You want me to sign a waiver? Fine, I'll sign a waiver. So that was from the University uh, of Cincinnati Health spokesperson. That's what she said in response to the family trying to sue to get ivermectin. Folks, screw these people. Get a lawyer. Document absolutely everything. Get names. Get dates. Everyone has that person in their family who writes everything down. Record them. That's why they don't want you to see your loved one, by the way. They don't want you to call them out on their death camps, which are what hospitals are anymore. And they sure as hell don't want you slipping your loved one ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. You know why? Because it works. So the bill, HB 631, is named the covid 19 Healthcare Professional Patient Relationship Protection Act. Good Lord. Um, and it would essentially tell hospitals to stay out of it. Okay, I don't disagree with that, but I shouldn't have to tell hospitals to stay out of it. Do you see the mess they've created? No health department, medical board, professional association, healthcare facility, or government body could suppress access to such treatments or take action against a physical uh, physician prescribing. Okay, well, we would agree that that hospital board or healthcare facility or government body could do that. So we would agree with that. But why do we need a law? Because those people don't understand natural rights.
is the correct, accurate response. Furthermore, boards and departments of health across Ohio would be required to promote and increase distribution of treatments, of the treatments, such as acquiring them and making them available to pharmacies and others. It's not anti-shot, it's not anti-medicine. It's here are your choices and you need to know that these are available, said Representative Jennifer Gross, Republican in Westchester, who is listed as one of the bill's co-sponsors. So she was the main sponsor and introducer of HB 248. And all of the progressives in Columbus in the state legislature pounced on her. How dare she try to protect her residents, the people in her district. The legislation is likely to garner opposition from much of the state's public health circles. Well, that's a problem because you know by whom they're protected, Lord Farquaad. Interest in COVID related issues has waned with significantly lower cases and hospitalizations right now. A pending bill limiting jab mandates has not budged in the Ohio Senate and lawmakers are currently on break until after the May primary election. Titus Wu, by the way, just to double down on the fact that he's a hack, is a reporter for the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau, which serves the Dispatch, the Cincinnati Inquirer, Akron Beacon Journal, and 18 other affiliated news organizations across Ohio. So they're all the same. And they all have to put forth the same narrative. This bill, HB 631, says to enact section 3792.05 of the Ohio Revised Code to protect the healthcare professional patient relationship to promote alternative drugs and therapies for the treatment of SARS-CoV-2, including its variants, and COVID-19, and to name this act the COVID-19 Healthcare Professional Patient Relationship Protection Act. Okay, Chris Jordan introduced this bill. The other folks on this, um, Jennifer Gross, I think she's the real deal. She's the one that took the heat for HB 248. I don't know. The only other one I can think of is Nino Vitale, who is for real. Um, let's see. He is not listed yet as a co-sponsor, so maybe he's he's doing the same thing we are. Probably looking for unintended consequences, trying to figure out how in the future this could affect our rights negatively. At first glance, my thought was, don't just mention SARS-CoV-2. Make it much, much broader than that. Any viral or bacteria, any treatment. Otherwise, you're just, you know, when they drop the next smallpox or Ebola on us, you're going to have to go in and amend it. So at first glance, that's what I was thinking. And again, I'm going to go over this a few more times. Look at the sections of the code that it affects and to see if there are any other unintended consequences. But they list here ivermectin, azithromycin, hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine, and budesonide. Folks, these, if doctors are for real, since they've already lied to us, whether it was by omission or because they were ignorant and didn't go down any rabbit holes, or whether or not they're just fully complicit with the Fauci, Lord Farquaad Fauci. 
they can prescribe any of these for any reason. The budesonide deep acting corticosteroid has kept so many people out of the hospital. I know that because I have it and I've helped others nebulize and it works. And again, it's not a one-stop shop in concert with all of the other therapies. It's a multi-drug therapy. That's how we defeated AIDS for the most part, the progression of AIDS. That's how doctors knew to approach COVID-19 in that way. So any of these things, all the pharmacist needs to know is this. If they say, why are you taking this drug? The answer is because my doctor prescribed it. Full stop. Do you want my business or do I need to go right next door to another pharmacy? So we'll keep an eye on that. I hope and pray that this is not a ploy, that this is not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, we're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not gonna fall for the banana and the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Florida has shown us how not to do that. You know why? Because they follow up on their talk. They walk their talk. We don't walk our talk in Ohio. Our state legislature doesn't have the testosterone. So if you want, call your state legislatures or your state legislators and encourage them to walk the talk. They're afraid. They're afraid of upsetting Lord Farquaad DeWine or anyone they deem, quote unquote, above them. Folks, there is no one above them except we the people, and they need a site readjustment if they think otherwise. So again, I hope this is not a, a trick just to get people through the primary because they did that with Common Core for four years. Well, I co-sponsored the bill. Really? Did you get others to co-sponsor? Did you make sure it got past committee? Did you get it to a house vote? Walk your talk, man. Don't just co that's not enough. That's not doing your job. Secure the rights that I enjoy by the sheer virtue of my humanity or get the foxtrot out of the legislature and give someone with more testosterone than you the opportunity to do so. And guess what? That's up to we the people to fund and find their replacements. Okay. So I think that's, you know, positive news, Florida, Ohio. Again, we never lead, but I guess, I guess we'll take the second guy on the dance floor status. Hopefully we'll move toward that um, a little with a little more speed, <laughs> so to speak. All right, we're going to stop there. Thank you for your emails, by the way. Thank you for listening. As always, thank you to Magic Man Joe Strecker. Until next time, everyone, Carthago Delinda Est, and have a great day. Godzilla! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.